Welcome to the EquipCast for the Archdiocese of Omaha. Designed to help leaders to transform their cultures, to embody the pastoral vision, to be one church, encountering Jesus, equipping disciples, and living mercy. Welcome, everybody, to the EquipCast. My name is Jim Jansen, and I am your host. Today, we have a fantastic conversation. We're going to be talking a little bit today about how do you learn to read the scriptures, and how do you teach kids to read the scriptures? I have joining me today, uh, Cheryl Drozd. Cheryl is a teacher at uh, St. Bonaventure's in Columbus, Nebraska. Cheryl, thanks for joining us today. How are you? I am great. Thanks for having me. Uh, Cheryl, you teach you teach kids, and we're going to talk about what you've done because it's really exciting what you've done to help teach kids to pray. But tell us a little bit about your own faith journey. It's crazy because if if you do know me, it's it's hard to believe that when I was growing up, I was a mean girl, and that was my title. Like you know, the movie Mean Girls, I could have starred in it. I love to put people down to make myself feel better. And I had a lot of people who followed me and wanted to be like me, wanted to agree with me. And that was the way I went through life. And I became a mother. And guess what? I had a daughter who was a mean girl. I don't know how that happened, but it happened. (laughs) And my daughter was going through, um, getting ready to go into her sophomore year. And she had the friends that were her friends turn on her. And everything that she had done to people and that I had done to people had just been mirrored back in her face. Mm. And so I was experiencing this with her. Like God had just hit me like a rock. And it was, it was just hurting me as probably even more than it was hurting her to have me see her suffer the way she was. There was cyberbullying going on and um, just a lot of things that was very uncomfortable for her to where she didn't want to get out of bed. And um, so thank goodness I was working home daycare at the time and I could go down and check on her and and spend time with her. But I was calling the school, trying to get them to shut this down. And it was summertime, so there wasn't anything they could do. She wouldn't let me call the parents. She wouldn't let me call the girls that were doing this. She just thought that would make it worse. So it was just a very stressful time for her and for me. And one night I'm sitting with my best friend and we're talking together and I'm just unloading on her about what's going on. And she asked me, she said, have you ever thought about going to God with this? And I literally laughed. This is your daughter. Your daughter's like, no, this is my friend. I'm I'm having a glass of wine with a friend. Might've even been a bottle. I don't know. I was pretty stressed (laughs) (laughs) at the time. It was my best friend who, Mm. um, she goes to a, a, Bible-based church, and we never really talked about religion together, but this was the time when she brought it up and just asked me with all that I was telling her, she was like, have you ever gone to God with this? And I laughed at her. I was like, what could he possibly do? I, I have tried everything. And she said, would you go to church with me tomorrow? <laughs> and I was like, I will do anything. Like I have tried everything. I will do anything. I'm willing to do anything. So the next day I went to church with her and I immediately was feeling drawn. I was, I was feeling this need to be there. I walked into the church and I immediately started getting emotional. And the entire sermon for the church that day was on trials in your life and about mm-hmm. how God grows you and changes you into what he needs you to be during your trials. And he is strengthening you to go and do something better than what you are doing. And it just was exactly 
what God needed to tell me that day. Like I was wow. open and I was listening. I cried through the whole service. And when I got home that day, I went straight to my daughter and shared everything with her that I learned. And we cried together and we prayed together. And she said, are you going to go back again next week? Like, I need more of this. And I was like, yeah, I need it too. God talked to me through scripture that day. And I was on fire to learn more about it. And so I started, um, going. I was going Saturday night to our Catholic church and I was going to this Bible-based church on Sunday. And I was really learning how to read the Bible and understand what it was saying to me. And I started doing some Bible studies and learning more about how to, how to understand scripture and how to really relate it to my life and what God was saying to me personally. And I got very excited about it and I was hungry for it. I was wanting to do it every day. I would run home to go get in the Bible to like learn more. And I was just on this journey and God was just training me to like teach this and to show others how you can learn what he's trying to teach you and how to change your life by reading his scriptures. And it was, it was mind blowing to me. Like yeah. I'm a woman who's been going to church all my life. And I just, I'd never, never had this kind of experience, but he had to really come to me through a trial and then teach me how to lift me up out of that and turn me into something different. And so what used, what ended up being, you know, the worst thing that ever happened in my life or my daughter's life, we both say, ended up being the best thing that ever happened to us because we both completely yeah. changed, completely turned to God. And nobody would ever guess that I was a mean girl. <laughs> I mean, people were like, I can't even see, I can't even understand how you could be mean. And my students will say, could you even like show us how you like are like a mad face? Can you show us a mad face? And I can't even do it. Like I start laughing when I show the mad face. So like nobody believes me, but people, people out from my hometown will say, oh yeah, she used to be mean. <laughs> yeah. yeah. We're actually next episode. We're actually having some of them on. So <laughs> wow, Cheryl, I thank you for sharing that. Like I am, there are two things that are hitting me. One is the Lord was healing your own story. Like I didn't know where you were going at first when you started out, like I was a mean girl, but the Lord was healing you as you began to see the consequences of your actions, or at least similar actions yep. in the life of, of someone you dearly loved. That's right. And just beautiful to see that like the, the Lord, the Lord's doing the same thing in my life with, with my own teenagers as their, their challenges I'm I'm like, I didn't know. I've apparently been carrying that since my sophomore year. You know? uh -huh. <laughs> Just things come back and and to see the Lord healing me uh in and through the love I have for my children, the trial. So I mean, just thank you for sharing that. That's beautiful. And then the way our non-Catholic brothers and sisters were drawing you and it deepened your Catholic identity. It did. It, it completed something that you yeah. hadn't yet received. Mm -hmm. And that's that's born tremendous fruit. Just tell us a little bit about your day job. So I'm a pre-K teacher. I teach a morning session and an afternoon session of children. And uh, when I first started coming in as a teacher, I was on fire to teach the Bible. That was my number one thing I was going to do. And you know, when I graduated, I, I it wasn't my plan to be a Catholic school teacher. Like I just wanted to be a teacher. And in all my interviews that I had in public schools, I would be like, oh, I, I just know I nailed that. And I would leave there feeling so confident that like, I'm going to get this job. And then I'd be laying in bed at night. And I'd be like, did I tell them that I pray when I'm stressed? And did I tell them that I turn to God when it was things that I, I was like, oh my gosh, I was sabotaging myself. I, I was talking about prayer and God in a public school interview. So God had a plan for me. He, 
didn't want me to work mm-hmm. in public schools. <laughs> he completely had me moving in the direction of teaching a Catholic school. And so I came to the school on fire to teach the Bible. I was like, well, God put me right where he wanted me to be. And so first thing in the morning, that's what I opened up with. And the kids were just on fire about learning about God, reading this Bible time. It was so explosive. It was so exciting. We just started reading Genesis. And every day, you know, we just continued to read. And they were just so excited to hear about it every day that they would take their Bibles home so their parents could read the next story. So the next day they could come in and already be ready to talk about what we were going to be reading about and what God was saying to them. And they were just on fire. And so it was just something that exploded. I had parents that were excited, wanted to know, like, what are you doing in the classroom that my child is asking me to read the Bible at night? And it was like, not even something I planned, but it was, it was evangelizing children into the homes of their, of their parents and having them open the Bible and read with them at night. And that wasn't even part of my plan. That was God's plan completely. But yeah, it exploded. Um, People were contacting my principal and asking who this teacher was you hired. And, and uh, so she was like, what are you doing? Like, what's, what are you doing in the classroom that everybody's so excited about? I was like, I'm opening up the Bible and we're reading every day. Like it's what we start off with. It's our first thing and we prioritize it. And it just seemed that when we started with it every day, it was something that throughout the whole morning or through the whole afternoon, that was their focus. You know, they would come back to that story and it would just, it would just in their play or in something that was coming up that was stressful for them. They were able to go back to that story and say, you know, you're acting a little bit like Cain, you know, and you need to, you need to be more forgiving. And just those things would come up and they'd have conversations about it and they'd apologize to one another. And it was just amazing how God was working in those kids just, just by opening up his book and talking about him every morning. Yeah, It was just a beautiful classroom to be in. And, and I haven't left the classroom. Like I, I've stayed here because this is just where I want to be. Like this is my comfort zone. That's why I'm recording here in my, in my little classroom. Yeah. This is my clouds and unicorns and okay now now Cheryl let's break this down a little bit because I think some people are thinking like you're reading Genesis yeah. to pre-k kids and they like it how the gener- how the genealogy is working so just two things one if you could like okay bell rings people are finally butts in chairs stopping squirming how much time do you do and then I'll ask you some more follow-up questions so we start off with the prayer um, you know, they're always learning something. We are learning the Our Father or the Hail Mary, whatever the prayer is that uh, quarter. And then I allow each of the children to just give any kind of praise to God they want to or ask him for help or strength in something. And I myself am very honest with my prayers and what's going on in my life. And sometimes mm. when it's their turn, they'll pray for whatever it is I'm praying for because they're wanting that to happen for me and such. Yeah, so you're modeling prayer and and giving the Lord your your heart yep. desires. Yep, we're okay. asking the Lord to be there, and we all are open up and just share. And they've learned, yeah, how to how to go with Him with praise and how to go with Him with struggles that they have. So yeah, it's it's a beautiful time, and that and that can be very time consuming because they love to pray. So I, sometimes we have to just say two things. Everybody's allowed to talk to God about two things today. <laughs> <laughs> and so then kids will put their fingers up one, two, and the person, and then like, okay, next person. But um, anyways, then we then we sit down and we open up that book, and it is like it is like <gasps> she's opening the Bible. <laughs> it's just so exciting because you know you can present it in whatever way you want, but 
I mean, this is God's word. Like God is talking to us through this book. So it's a very exciting time. Like God is here and he wants to teach us something today. And we're going to open up and learn what it is that he's putting on our hearts. And so the story is read. Now I am reading out of a children's Bible. So it's very easy reading, but yeah, we can read the story of, of uh, Cain and Abel. I mean, there's a death in there. But that's not even really something that they focus on. They really focus on that brotherhood and the, the jealousy and um, just the mm-hmm. envy the one has of the other and, and how the one isn't, isn't really doing a very good job of, of giving all that he should be giving to God. And, you know, how can I be giving more of what my talents and what I have for God? You know, all those things are the things we're focusing on. And so, you know, even though Genesis has some areas that are, are kind of dark, those aren't even the things kids even think about. They really zone into like what it is we're talking about. And this is the part yeah. we're, we're really focusing on. And then when we get done, you know, we have a little discussion and then we pray and we ask God to fill our day with, with this lesson and, and help us not to be so selfish or, or help us to love our brothers and sisters a little more. And then at the very end of the day, when the day is over, we always hold hands in a circle and, you know, I just say another prayer to God and thank him for, for our day. Um, ask as we go home that we continue to love our brothers and sisters at home, that we are good listeners to our parents. Whatever our lesson is that day, I try to tie it in Mm -hmm. with that. And then we all just bless one another. We go around the room and -and so-and-so says, God bless this person and that next person. And once we get all the way around to Mrs. Droz, then we all put our hands up and say, amen. And then they all leave the classroom. And it's the most beautiful job a person could have. (laughs) So the time in the morning, roughly how long does that take? I can do it in five minutes. Um, it could go 10 minutes. I mean, it really kind of depends on, you know, when you want to kind of zip it up when you need to. But sure. if I got the time, like we really focus on it. And it doesn't matter if I spend five minutes or 10 minutes. I always get everything done in the day. Like you start with God right. and he always provides. Like I never feel rushed at the end of the day. Like, oh, we didn't get anything done. All we did was read the Bible all day. <laughs> like, I mean, we read it and then we get into the next thing and we're moving along and, and everything gets done in the day. And, and I have other teachers who are teaching this curriculum in their classroom and there's testimonies, same thing. You know, they were really afraid about they're not going to have time for this. You know, there's so much that you have to get done in a day. And so that was my goal was like, I had to make it that you can just spend five minutes, you know, just kind of a little blurp of reading a little bit of the Bible, have a couple of discussion questions and move on. And a lot of them would say, you know, sometimes we went 10, 15 minutes, but we still got everything done. Like God always provided for us. And so lots of testimony with that, you know. That's just the way you start your day. It seems like there's this sweet spot that is hard to find in between a full adult Bible version and then the little kid versions, which are often not even really, sometimes it's, sadly, it's not even really the scriptures. It's just some, a commentary on the scriptures. Sounds like you found something that is faithfully recounting the word of God, but in a way that the kids can access just out of curiosity, what, what version are you using? The St. Mary's Catholic Children's Bible is what we're yes. using. And it's, it. it's very easy to read. There's, there's some pictures in there, not a lot of pictures, but there's color. It's colorful. And yes. it's, it tells the story as it is. It doesn't, um, it doesn't make the story, you know, real kidsy like so that it's just, you know, all butterflies and unicorns. Yeah. I mean, there's death. There's... And then Cain and Abel decided not to play together. <laughs> Tells the real story. <laughs> we'll tell you that one of them's dead later on. <laughs> to be continued. You can't be afraid to talk about things like that. And, and another thing that I've learned is you can't be afraid to share your sins as an adult with a child. Like 
when I, I'm honest, I talk about things. I talk about things that happened in my childhood. You know, they all know things that I've stolen, lies that I have told, uh, sleepless nights of, you know, living in sin as a child and, and how I used to treat people in high school. You know, I shared all these things with them because I am not a perfect person. I'm a human. And they need mm-hmm. to know that. They need to know that Mrs. Droz, she had to go through these things. And I'm still going through these things. Yeah, you know, there was one class I had where my son, it was his senior year, and, and he's very athletic and in a lot of sports. And I am very competitive. And so I, I'd have a really hard time, like if we, we lost a game, that I like to say things that weren't very nice to say about the other team. And so we would pray about it in class. I'd be like, Mrs. Droz has a basketball game to go to. And, you know, we might not win and, and it might make her upset, but I, I really want to be happy for the other team if they win. And so I need help with that. And the kids would pray about it with me. They, we'd ask God to like bring me peace in my heart and be happy for the other team if we lose. And the next day they would come running into the classroom and they'd be like, did you win or lose? <laughs> and, and, and how did it go? You know, did you, did you pray? And I mean, they were, they were so involved in, in something I was trying to work through in my life. And it was beautiful because it taught them that through prayer and through asking God to help you, that you can get through things. And I was able to be able to be thankful for, you know, his talents and his team and, and the and the good scores that they made and focus on that and not that maybe we didn't win that that game or something. And no flashbacks to Mean Girl or anything. No, well, I mean, that's that's what I was trying to still right, well, work okay, on. Yeah. It's a continuous none, thing. But yeah. less, less, fewer, <laughs> the fewer. comments come up in my head. I just don't always share them. <laughs> right, right. And they deserved it anyway. Okay, so, no, so just, I mean, we're talking about five to 15 minutes in the morning. Again, plug the St. Mary's Bible. I thought that you, that's what I use with my family for the exact same reasons. I, I love it. It's, it's an easy it's read. Faithful, yeah. It's an easy read, but it is also faithfully the word of God. Yep. Um, yep. And I mean, again, not to be too snobby, but the word of God does, I mean, as you're telling these stories, it's pretty clear the spirit is working and what these children are capable of. Because again, we're talking about pre-K. Yeah, we're five-year-olds. These are five-year-olds. What they're capable is is far greater, thanks to God's grace, than we might uh, initially give them credit for. Why do you think this has taken off so much? Because I think there's, I can imagine our listeners saying like, wow, I mean, I'd love to do that, but man, that would never work. Or I've tried you know, to, to do some things that I didn't engage. Like, why do you think it's it's worked? Why has it taken off the way it has? Well, for the first thing, it is led by God. I mean, the whole writing of this whole curriculum, it wasn't something that I planned to do. It was something that my principal said, you really need to help other classrooms do this. Like you, you should be putting mm-hmm. something together, you know? And it was just, it was really put on my heart. It wasn't really something that I, I hadn't even thought about doing. But then I thought, yeah, why, why wouldn't I share this with other classrooms? And so as I began to to write it, I had just graduated from college. Like I went back to school and got this teaching degree. And so I had been a full-time employee, um, a mother of three kids and a faithful, beautiful wife. And, you know, here I was in school, like I was going to college and God taught me how to discipline myself and set time aside Mm -hmm. to like work on my homework. And my family respected me and allowed me to do that. And so the seven years it took me to get through college uh, was seven years journey of me learning the Bible, coming to Christ, um, learning how to discipline myself. And when it was time to write this curriculum, like it was just like, I'm in my office for two hours tonight and everybody respected it. Like everybody knew this is like, what this is what 
what mom does. And uh, so, yeah, I was able to write it. God was working through me. He was sharing what a second grader would be feeling in the story of Esther. Uh, you know, he was, he was just, he was just amazing. Like I felt like how people felt when they were writing the Bible, because it just like, it would just come to me. It was just like, this is what you need to put in here. So it was just simplifying and, and reading the story and saying, now how would a, how would a third grader interpret the story with their life? What could they learn from it? And it just came together. The reason it's so good is because it's very simple and it's very oriented to a child. And so when a teacher opens up the curriculum to start sharing the story and then comes up with the objectives that go with that story, it's like very geared to a child. Like it's talking about your brother, your sister, or your best friend on the playground, or, um, you know, when you're tempted with sin and it's just easy for them to talk about it. And I encourage them to have stories of their own and I prompt them with ways to share their own stories so that if they can be humble and share those stories with their students, the conversation just explodes. You know, it's like you are human and you are a sinner just like me. And I can share with you about my life now because I feel comfortable talking to you about that. And so you have these beautiful discussions and you have a connection with these kids that will never, ever go away. I've got students now that are third and fourth graders and we just have this special bond when we see each other in the hallway. We just want to hug each other. We just, it doesn't go away. It's been connected by God. This is why the early Christians, the the pagans would look at them like, gosh, see how they love each other. Yeah. And and in part, um, it's not that they were just nicer, but they shared these encounters around the word of God and the sacraments and shared prayer so that, boy, you know, when you share a, a, a moments like that, especially habitually, it unites us in a way that, that really persists. Cheryl, contrast a little bit, like what's different from this between, you know, the, the, the curriculum you put together and the, the kind of typical required lesson plans that cover scripture? Because those are targeted to particular ages, but there's something different here. What's what's different? Well, this is going page by page through the Bible. So you're continuing the story. You know, you're learning about Abraham and Sarah and all their struggles, you know, day in, day out. You're learning about the sins that they do and how God still is there. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, it's just, it's a continuous... It's, it's more like a TV show. You know, you're not just like reading one story and then you're going to a whole totally different story. Like you are going page by page through it. So I think, you know, what's going to happen next is, is exciting to them. And so that's always a part of it. And then also, I think it's just, um, being able to like continue to go back and say, well, what, what happened? What were we talking about on Monday? You know, and you kind of go back and then now look what's happening. Look at how Joseph has grown yeah. or look at how his brothers have grown and you can, and you can go back and, and just continue learning from, you know, what was happening a week ago to what's happening today, where more of a typical uh, curriculum is, you know, just doing one story at a time, you know, and maybe not just going through the Bible page by page like that. And the beautiful thing about it is you go through different books of the Bible throughout the year. So, you know, when you're studying in third grade and something is talked about, I'll share in there, like, remember when you studied such and such in pre-K, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, I remember that story, you know? And so they're able to go back and see how that relates to this one and, and such. And so it's a beautiful journey to have a child on and a great habit for them. You know, it's first thing Every morning we're in the Bible. We got a teacher that's setting that example and we're doing it. Hopefully it continues in the summer with their parents. You know, that's something they want to continue doing. Is it a one-year curriculum or if there's a first year, second year? 
mean, it really sounds like it's every day that kids are in school. It's every day. Yeah. Starting in pre-K, you're in Genesis and you work your way through Hebrews through the sixth grade. So you read different books of the Bible every year. Okay. And some, some classrooms have more than one book because they're not as long, like Esther and Job and right, sure. Jonah, you know, but other ones like, like Genesis, it takes us our whole, the whole year to get through Genesis, but it's a beautiful thing. Wow. And kind of foundational too. Mm-hmm. This is fantastic. So Talk about what what obstacles have you encountered, if any? Oh, plenty. (laughs) It's kind of one of those things, you know, where it's like if Moses would have known how hard it was going to be to get the promised land, he might have just maybe not decided to do that. Didn't really know for sure what I was getting myself into, but a lot of of struggles with it. I would say probably the biggest one was having teachers get on board with it. You know, at first, you know, it's Mm -hmm. it's a scary thing. It's something different we haven't been doing. And, uh, you know, change is hard. And it's, it's just something that it's easier just to keep doing things the way you're doing them. So to be able to just open their hearts and to be able to say, wow, you know, this is what's happening in her classroom. Could this be happening in my classroom? Like, can I give this a try? And so just having that opportunity where I could have another teacher that would open it up and experience it and then be able to share their experience with others. It was hard because a lot of people think, well, that's what you do, but I I can't do that. Mm -hmm. And you can, because it's really not me. I mean, God is working. When that book is open, that's that's all his words. And it's, it's his Holy Spirit here working in the classroom. I'm not some magical wizard that makes the kids all listen and believe, you know, it's, he is there working. Mm -hmm. And so it's just a matter of trusting and letting God do his thing. But the devil is also working. And so, you know, he does a lot of crazy things where like he gives you a zit on your nose or something and and you you just don't really feel like sitting down close with the kids and talking to them because everybody's focused on your zit on your nose. He has things like that that come up. And so it's, it's something you have to realize that like, you know, I'm not going to let something like that prevail me from being able to mm-hmm. share the word with, with the kids. And so we just talk about it. We're just like, you know, woke up this morning and this is on my nose. And you know what? I don't care because God still loves me and he still wants me to read his word and we're going to focus on it. And you move through it and you, you don't let that be something that stops you from doing it. And he will work in all kinds of ways. He'll make you feel very stressed that you don't have time that day, or he'll make you that you came into the classroom late because your alarm didn't go off. And so you're feeling like I don't have time for it and all these different things that will happen. Or maybe he has like an observer that day that comes in the room and you think, uh, yeah, I don't know if I really want to teach this. It might not go well or him. He'll have all kinds mm-hmm. of things happen and try to avoid you from doing this. So, so being able to help teachers to see that that is going to happen, like right. he's going to fight you having this in your classroom and you got to continue with it and not give up on it. So there's another struggle being able to try to get someone to publish it. I had a lot of uh, places that said they already had something like it, but they don't. Nobody has anything <laughs> like this, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know what? That was a struggle. And, and so I ended up having to do it myself and it, it was a financial burden, but I, the money was there. Like all I had to do was ask. I just had to, I just had to reach out Mm -hmm. and let the community know. And people loved the concept and the idea. And a lot of people already knew I was doing this in the classroom and supported it. And it got published. And I know that it was supposed to be that way because nobody can sell this the way that I do. You know, any other Mm -hmm. place wouldn't be able to, because this was something that I wrote. I know how it works. And I'm the one that has to bring it into the classrooms and, and for the principals to like be excited about it. Like they need to hear my story. That's, that's what mm-hmm. makes this actually work. Nobody sits around thinking, Hmm, maybe we should start reading the Bible in the classroom. People just don't think that way. You know, it's just not something that you come up with. And so the idea has to be brought to them. And then this is how easy it is. 
This is how simple mm-hmm. it is. It's this is what you read. This is what you talk about. Here's your prayer. You're done in five minutes. Yeah, that's how this curriculum gets into a classroom. So you have self-published. How has that endeavor gone in terms of, you know, other schools, teachers, uh, educators picking up on this and starting to to join in? Because we're relatively new, right, in the journey. Yeah, it, this last school year is the year that it went out in schools. Okay. So it's only been a year into schools. We at at my school we've piloted a couple of years, and so we like I did rewriting and letting teachers like give ideas of you know I really need objectives, I need a prayer, I need this, and and so I made a lot of changes and made it very teacher friendly for everybody, any kind of teacher. And then yeah, it got published uh, during COVID. God was very kind and gave me time off from work during COVID yeah. to finish this. I had priests that had to read it, you know, approve everything. And uh, they also had time. So it was, gosh, like, this is crazy how life has stopped and we can just focus on this curriculum right now. And we did. And and it was out that fall, which was also, um, you know, kind of a crazy time for people to purchase it because it was coming into a year of COVID and they didn't really know. But it was also a great time to purchase it and be like, you know what, we're going to bring the Bible this year. And and hey, we all got through the school year. Yeah. A lot of schools in Omaha, I was blessed to be able to do a Zoom for a workshop that we had with all the Catholic schools and share about it, uh, do, show them how I, how I teach it. And so I had a lot of people pick it up. And then I just started moving into other dioceses, you know, moving into Iowa, moving into Wyoming and Missouri. I just personally contact the diocese, tell them about it send anything that they would like and um, they start promoting it to their principals and, and, and that's how we do it. Then I have personal conversations with them and I tell the story like a million times. <laughs> it's what I do as part of my summer job is talking to principals every day about this curriculum. I don't record it. I just got to tell it again and again, but you know what? Every time I tell it, I get excited because like God's working. I mean, it's, it's his mission for me. It's what he wanted for me to do is to, to help teachers and schools feel that this is something that we can do as Catholics in our classroom. And, and we haven't been doing it and other, and other schools are doing it. I don't know if I got to share that, that that's, you know, how this all started for me was teaching in other parochial schools. And that was how they were starting the day. It didn't matter what class I taught. It was Bible first thing in the morning in every classroom. And those kids were on fire about talking about God. And it was like, wow, this is what I want to do. You know, I, this is going to be my classroom. Yeah. Say more about that because you're, your your first teaching experience, right? The like, oops, public school thing didn't, you know, you're not where you're supposed to be. So you were teaching in Lutheran or well, I, I was just a substitute teacher and and it always seemed like I would get calls from parochial schools. <laughs> like I mean, I wasn't really getting called, or if I would get called from a public school, like I had already committed to another school. So I would it just seemed like I was put into those classrooms a lot. And and God was just showing me. He was like, This is what I want you to do when you get your classroom. Like these other teachers were showing me. I mean, it was right there in the lesson plans, like read this, talk about this, you know? And so that's what I was doing. And it was beautiful. It was, it was so exciting to go and see those kids and, and how they could tell me all kinds of stuff about the Bible and what they've been learning. They'd act things out. I mean, they just, they were just beautiful, beautiful little spirits. Mm -hmm. And so that was what I wanted in my classroom. And so, yeah, that was what gave me the encouragement and the idea. And I just started saying, well, I'm going to open up the Bible and start reading the very first story. And that was how it all started. Wow. So you stumbled into this. You're just, you're substitute teaching and you're like, uh, lesson plan says I'm supposed to cover this because you, I mean, I've never been a substitute teacher, but I mean, you're get you get the call like the night before. Yep. It was every grade. I mean, I taught many different grades and everybody started that way. And I was like, why don't we do this? Like, why are we not doing this at our Catholic school? It was like, I'm going to do it. And so I did. And 
that's where all this came about. It was like, it was, it was, it was so easy. It wasn't, it wasn't scary. It wasn't hard. It was just opening it up and doing it. Like I said, my curriculum makes it really easy because it, it has all the stuff there for you. If you're doing Alexio Divino and you're just opening up and reading something in your classroom and letting the kids reflect and what is, what is God saying to you? The more you do that, the more the kids start relating to that and the more they start understanding it. And you yourself sharing what God has on your heart. I have a lot of teachers that said, I felt like every one of these lesson plans was directly to me and what was going on in my life, you know? And they're like, I've learned so much from this. And I was like, cause that's how God works. Like it was written for kids, but we still learn as adults. You know, every year I teach Genesis, I learn something new because I'm in a new season, new things are happening. It's like, oh, the story means this to me today, you know? Well, and the word of God is alive, right? It, yeah. it is constantly new and reaching into our hearts and and this vehicle for God to communicate himself to us. Right. So I, I spent years teaching the scriptures to Catholics as a, as a college mi- missionary. And what sometimes the hesitance that we sometimes have as Catholics, it's like, oh gosh, I don't know the Bible. As though somehow a doctorate were required to let the lion out of its cage. Like all you're doing is you're you're opening the book you're opening the scriptures and you're letting God speak. What's so beautiful about it is I think we have this sometimes mental hang up. It's like, oh, that's not a Catholic thing or I, that's not my thing. I don't know how to do that. Yes, you're right in that it's not your thing. It's God's thing. Just kind of let him out and he will do all the heavy lifting. He'll take care of it. I, I think the other thing that I, I want to make sure that people catch about your story is one, not only is it just super easy, you're just letting God do, your, do his thing, but it is so powerful in a Catholic context because it is, this is who we are, right? The, the early Christians were Catholic. They, they were people who were gathering around the Eucharist and people who were gathering around, you know, the mother of God and they were, you know, and they were liturgical, but they were also deeply scriptural. And it's all over our faith. I mean, the, our conviction that the word of God is alive and that it speaks is why in those moments where we know God is going to show up and do something special, the sacraments, right. the, the mass, when, when we know he's going to show up and do something special, we always give the scriptures and the word of God this special place in those moments because that's where he speaks to us. Right. This is deep in like who we are. And it's love. It's like when you kind of reignite that, it's like all the infrastructure is there and you're just connecting the the juice. Well, and we have this opportunity as a parochial school. Like the best thing that I learned going through grade school was the Bible. I learned how to read the Bible. I learned how to use the Bible. I learned how to go to it when I needed to. I mean, what a beautiful thing to be able to say. I haven't had somebody that has gone all eight years through it yet. So I'm waiting for that, but they're, they're in my school. There's kids that have been doing this for a few years. and, and, And let's be honest. I think sometimes, you know, as Catholics, when we see uh, we, we hear about, right, a, a nephew, a grandchild, someone we love who has gone over uh, to a non-Catholic church, evangelical, Protestant, whatever. As Catholics, we're like, well, they just want to have, you know, fun music and drink coffee in church. But when you talk to them, they say, no, they, they, they introduced me to Jesus. They taught yeah. me to pray. They taught me to read the scriptures. And that's beautiful and tragic because 
that is when we're faithful to our core identity. That's who we are, <laughs> teaching right. people to pray and teaching people to right. read the scriptures. So I, I love how you're, I mean, you're kind of helping us rediscover our own, our own identity and the, the treasures that we've, we've always had around us. Yeah. And, and just being open, you know, to learning from others. And, and then, yeah, how can you share that? I, mean, I just want everybody to know this relationship they can have with Jesus and how he talks to you every day in that scripture and changes you and, and gets you back on track. And, you know, you got something going on on and it's like it's exactly what's in that story that I've been yeah. reading for how many years it's like yeah there it is and I needed to hear that today and sharing that with the kids and it's beautiful and um we just have to be open to to learn from others and then find a way to make that work in your life and be able to share it in whatever way it is whether that's with your grandchildren your own children um starting off a meeting by having a little Lexio Divino and, and bringing the prayer in before you start your meeting I mean there's all kinds of ways you can you can incorporate this in your life and let God work through you with everything that you're doing through scripture. Sure. I just want to give our listeners a real practical takeaway. Five to 15 minutes. Like, I don't care, again, a meeting or family dinner, bedtime, whatever it is, but sometime this week, just read the scriptures for five minutes. Choose one of the stories, maybe the, right, maybe the Sunday gospel. Just read it with a group. And just have a conversation. Yeah. So what did you notice? What what stuck out to you? Why do you think Jesus is doing that? Just simple questions. Read it, ask a question or two, and uh see see what the Lord does. Exactly. Yep. Let him do his work. <laughs> You'll be surprised. Your your program is called In School with Jesus. Where can yep. people go if they want to find out more about it? They can go to inschoolwithjesus.com. I have a website that has video on how to teach Bible to students. You can see the insides of my curriculum books if you'd like. There's also blogs, lots of stories that I've told about what got me where I'm at and how to how to deal with different things that might come up in the classroom. I answer a lot of questions for people on there. Lots of resources to use about how to teach the Ten Commandments to uh, children in a very simple and easy way so they can remember them and they can go to them throughout the scripture of like, ah, this is breaking this commandment and such. Like we, we do that a lot. We talk about what commandments are being broken and, and how could they, how, what could they have done differently to have not broken that commandment and such. So, and how can we follow them in our lives? It's, it's, a, it's a great way of uh, having discipline in your classroom, you know, by just saying commandment number two, nice words, you know, <laughs> just yeah. easy things like that, you know, where the kids are, are very good about remembering what God has asked of them and 10, 10 easy things to do for God every day. Yeah, that's beautiful. Cheryl, thank you for what you're what you're doing. I mean, I it's fun that you say you're just getting started in this, and already, I mean, just the the buzz and the, the legacy of students whose whose lives have been deeply impacted and are going to carry this habit and this experience with the Lord in Scripture. That's that's really beautiful. So, thank you for what you're doing. Thanks for having me on and letting me share the story because it's just what I do. I love it. So, everybody, if you would like, uh, if you know a, a teacher, parent, grandparent, I mean, honestly, anybody who could benefit from this, please share this episode out. Go ahead and, and visit inschoolwithjesus.com. Thanks for being with us. Thanks, everybody, for, for what you do. Thank you, Cheryl. And God bless. Mm-hmm.